Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. Call to live, commanded to love, and commissioned to serve at FCBC. How do we say it? We live, we live, we love, we serve. Good. Turn with me to the Gospel of Luke today, the fifth chapter. Luke 5, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to try to get through as quick as possible. Luke. Boy, don't do that. Luke 5, Luke 5. Let's save that because y'all gonna start something. Just hold on. Luke, <laughs> man, Luke 5. Actually, come back with that song at the end. It not, no, at the end. It actually goes, you'll see. Luke 5, 1 through 11. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Genesaret, the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God. He saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into the, one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night, but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he felt down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. Come on, let's pray. God, deepen us. Strengthen us. Prepare us. For God, there are moments we cry out to you wanting to see a change in our lives. But God, we've come to learn if we request change, we ought to be prepared for it. So God, prepare us for this new season. For God, change is on the horizon. There's a shifting, oh God, and those who attune their spirit to the rhythm of your spirit 
can feel it. We sense it. It's a new season. It's a new day. It's a new time. And we're leaving some things behind and pressing towards what lies ahead. Our souls are stretching to you, oh God. Our spirits are stretching to you. So God, we have but one request. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. This is our prayer. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Remain standing with me. Let me read that. Those last verses. We're really part of 10 and 11. Then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. Amen. Do me a favor, turn to your neighbor and tell him, neighbor, it's time to change the world. Come on, tell your other neighbor. Tell him, neighbor, it's time to change the world. Put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap. It's time to change the world. I can't imagine the level of frustration and fatigue and futility that Simon and his partners must have felt. Just imagine toiling all night, working all night, fishing all night, and have nothing to show for it. Again, I can't imagine the level of frustration and fatigue and futility that they must have felt that night. These were fishermen whose lives were shaped by their work and whose livelihood determined their lives. This was what they did. This was who they were, Simon and his brother Andrew, James and his brother John. And any night they came back to the shoreline, empty-handed, was a bad night. Their fishing was not just supporting their families, but those in the community. And so any time they came back with nothing to show for their labor, it had to be deeply depressing and emotionally exhausting. Sometimes we feel those emotions when we don't think, well, we don't think that much has come from our work. The feeling when you have done so much but yet see so little fruit. The feeling you have when you think you've been putting energy into spaces that will yield some level of return yet to see no return. Have you ever felt that? 
at some point in your life where it seems like you're moving and moving, going and going, spinning and spinning, working and working, and the harder it seems you work, the less you have to show. It is amazing when those moments happen. We don't, we don't realize sometimes because we're so caught up in the frustration, the fatigue, and the futility, we don't often know how close we might be to something different happening. That's why you don't let the futility and the fatigue and the frustration stop you because the minute you stop, you don't know how close you really were to yielding the fruit that you thought would come. And that's why you keep showing up even at times when it feels like it doesn't make sense. You keep showing up even at times when you feel there's nothing to show for. You keep showing up because in any moment, you can be blindsided, caught off guard by the thing you were seeking. I love this scene. Can you see Simon and his brother and then James and John on the shoreline cleaning their nets? It had to feel bad. I've, I've seen it. I've never gone fishing with nets, but I know the cleaning process is actually actually more painful sometimes because you have to now clean the nets that yielded no fruit. It might have picked up other things in the sea, but nothing that could be used for your own benefit. Just things get caught up in the nets that you cast, and the nets you cast would have catch a certain thing, and the thing you sought to catch does not materialize. So you must now clean the nets from the debris and the things that may have got caught up in your attempt. And now, can you imagine when you have to now clean nets that yielded no fruits, cleaning out the muck, the trash, the mire from the sea, and yet nothing to show. You have to work and can't celebrate. You have to labor and not be excited because there's nothing in the nets, nothing in which you cast that yield any fruit. And they're sitting there on the shore, angry, frustrated, fatigued, feeling like this was worth nothing. And while they're cleaning the nets, I love this scene, they're back there toiling. And while they're cleaning, they're almost oblivious that a crowd is walking along the shore of the sea and they're following the carpenter. And when they get to the point while they're following the carpenter, while he's teaching them, the weight of the crowd is pressing on him. You got to see this because this is all happening while they're cleaning the nets that yielded no fruit. Jesus is teaching, and, and while he's teaching the crowd, I love this image, he glances back and sees the four men cleaning empty nets and looks back at the crowd, and the crowd is pressing on him, and then he steps back away from the crowd towards the water, and Simon is there next to his boat, and he said, let me use your boat, and Simon knew who he was because in the chapter before, it was Jesus who came to Simon's house to heal his mother-in-law, so he was familiar with who Jesus was, and so while he's cleaning the nets, he makes a way for Jesus to now stand in the vessel and then he sits down and now he begins to teach. Now here's what I got to tell you when you read this story. Clearly what Jesus is teaching the people is not important because the Bible never says what he was saying. You got to catch this. We don't know what he was teaching to the crowds. We don't know what drew them, but we do know that 
well, he had crowd this way and Peter and those other men this way. And even though he was teaching them, his focus might have been on them because maybe they had greater need than them. And that's why the writer tells us about them and not them. Oh, you'll get this in a minute. And, and he's sitting there. Now he backs away. And when he features finished teaching them, he now looks to them. He sees the look of frustration. He sees the look of futility. He sees the fatigue. And now they're stretching the nets so that the nets don't lose their elasticity when they go into the water. And while they're stretching the nets and folding up the nets, Jesus looks at them as they're finishing up and he tells them something to make them start again. Go back out. Go back out. Not where you were. Go a little beyond where you were. Oh, God, you don't go back to where you were. Because sometimes you border on insanity, expecting a different result, doing the same old thing. Go out a little deeper. Go out a little further. Oh, somebody's going to get this today because part of the problem is the reason may be why you're not yielding fruit in this season is you're afraid to go beyond your ankle levels and all kind of things. You get so fearful to go out in the little deep water because you're afraid to test the limits of your own possibility. And so you simply labor in familiar spaces, labor in familiar places and think that something different is going to happen and you have not yet summoned the courage to do something different yourself. I know it's terrifying because the idea of stepping in to the deep, I love how he said it. It's not just deep, but it's dark. It's somewhere between 8 and 3 a.m., the best time for fishing. Oh, God, I wish I had some more time this morning because, because anybody who fishes knows that the best time to go fishing is at night because the fish actually think they can't be seen, but it's also the best time to feed. Oh, God, you'll get this later. It's as if in the darkness, a new a new hunger arrives because of the availability of food. You're going to get this. OK, maybe. in the darkness comes a new hunger. Oh, you didn't catch that part. And that sometimes, Alicia, the darkness does not destroy. It births a new hunger. You. You, you, you ever been in that dark place and space and yeah, fear showed up, but then all of a sudden something else started happening. You, you all of a sudden wanted more and you, you felt there was more and that there was more to this in the midst of your darkness. You, you began to desire more and, 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 and yes, fear is present, but, but see what I've learned long enough in my life is that sometimes the desire for more trumps the feelings of fear. Have you ever been so hungry that you lost the ability to be fearful like you that somehow your hunger we're not talking about literal hunger now your emotional hunger your spiritual hunger helps you to summon the courage to do the things you've never done before and go where you've never gone before and be who you've never been before and Jesus shows up when those men are empty and the fish should be biting but hold on Jesus they yielded no fruit I, I thank my former pastor for reminding me of this that sometimes the problem is not that there are no fish that there's no no fruit, that there's no product, there's no uh, uh, produce from your labor. It is that sometimes you have a tendency because of your fear to work in overworked spaces. Oh, God. 
You keep working in the same space the same way and not changing a thing and keep working the same way, the same space and not evolving. You keep working the same space in the same way and not shifting. You keep working the same space in the same way and not growing. You keep working the same spaces in the same way and not trying to get better. You think that somehow because this space worked before, it's going to keep on working. So you have to know when to move and vacate certain spaces. But hold on, don't just vacate when it's empty. Vacate before it gets empty so that you have a memory of when it was producing. I'll be finished in a second. He, he says, go out into the deep. Now, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to give you a little insight if you don't know. This scene in Luke is the calling of the first disciples. These will be the first ones who will begin this journey with Jesus. And we know what they end up doing. But in the deep, I wish I had more time this morning. We started a little late. But watch this. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that when Jesus begins to pick those who will be co-laborers with him, they are not even coming to him with any wins? You missed that. He actually is calling persons who seem unsuccessful. Now, I know you missed that part. He didn't call men who were cleaning full nets. That if you looked at them, they didn't even look like they were good at what they did. That they didn't have the trappings of success. But yet he calls them to join him when they have no fruit that they're successful. Oh, gosh. Some of y'all missing this part. Isn't it interesting who gets qualified for the call? Isn't it interesting who gets, who gets summoned for this service? Sometimes the people who don't bear the evidence of productivity. Oh, gosh. Sometimes the people who don't bear the evidence of success get the call. And you think somehow the call is connected to your success. Sometimes it's connected to your emptiness. Oh, you missed that. There's sometimes there are some folk who can't enjoy the fullness of the fruit because they still got too much in the tank. Oh, gosh, you didn't get that. In other words, sometimes when you on E, you're in the best position. He says, go out. Here's the part. And look what, look, 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 look what Simon does. He says, listen, um, brother, we done out, been out here all night. We tired. <laughs> and we ain't caught nothing. Now, let me tell you something. I know I said I got to go, but listen, I'm convinced. I'm convinced this story would have looked different, uh, Deacon Darnell, if there was no chapter four part. You see, chapter four, as I already alluded, is a scene where Simon has seen Jesus work. He saw Jesus heal his mother-in-law. This is deep in Luke. They have the healing of Simon's mother-in-law happen before Simon is even a disciple. So Simon has not made a decision of following, yet his household was a beneficiary of the power of God. And so he knows, he's seen Jesus operate, and so now he comes to this moment, and Jesus says, listen, go out a little further. And Simon, he, he, he doesn't protest, he just states the obvious. We've been out here all night, and, and um, we, we ain't caught nothing. We know these waters, Jesus. We've been fishing out here a long time. We didn't just start fishing last week. And, and we know how to fish. But, I mean, 
we, we ain't caught nothing. And, and now you want us to now untangle these nets and stretch them back out. And you want us to go a little further out and cast them. And, and let me remind you again, Jesus, we've been out here all night and we... We ain't caught nothing. And, and then here it is, because at that moment we laugh, we get it because we've been there when we hear God say something seemingly crazy, especially when the crazy we're called to is a crazy we're familiar with. Like you, you telling me to go out. He didn't tell him to leave fishing. He just said, go out further. And, and, and even though the evidence would suggest that nothing has come, it doesn't mean nothing won't come. And so he says, go out a little further. He says, go out and, and watch what happens. And then here's what Simon says that lets me know that he still remembered what Jesus did. You can't make certain declarations if you don't have experiential knowledge. Oh, gosh, you get that? He still remember how nobody could help his mother-in-law. She had a fever that would not break. And then when Jesus came in, it, I like what Luke said. It said, Laverne, he rebuked the fever. And then when Jesus rebuked it, right, the fever left. And then she got up and started serving. That's the whole sermon right there. That fresh off of her own breakthrough, the first thing she does is begin to serve. Before she tells, before she does, she begins to serve after her breakthrough. You'll get that when you get home. And so Simon says this. Here it is. You can only say this if you have experience with God. We've been out here. We ain't caught nothing. Watch this. But if you say so. Oh, God. That's the part right there. If you say so, you ever had that moment where you just had to be like, God, listen, I don't I've never seen it before. I ain't sure if it'll happen. But uh, if you say so, because because I got enough experience in my bank that I can look into my experiences and see where you already blew my mind before. And I trust that you can do it again. If you say so, somebody just said, if you say so, oh God, if you say so, God, I'll apply to that job one more time, even though I got turned down. If you say so, I'll show up again, even though I did not see anything happen that was for my good. If you say so, God, if you, anybody got that, if you say so kind of faith, if, if you say so, God, I'm going to show up. If you say so. I don't like what happened last time, but if you say so. I don't like how it worked out before, but if you say so. I got a memory of a bad experience last time, but if you say so. If you say so. If you say so. We're going to go back out. If you say so. And the deep thing is that sometimes what you're agreeing to, you don't always like. God, that's for somebody. Eh? <laughs> that's for somebody. You, 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 you agreeing to stuff. You ever do that? You ever be in agreement and alignment with God over stuff you don't even like? Spaces you don't even like? You want me to go back here? Man, they don't even like me. But. If you say so. <laughs> oh, God. And in obedience to what seemed insane, they go out. Here it is. I'll be done. But watch this moment. Watch this moment. All of a sudden, they go out and drop the nets. Because what we don't always understand is that at night, the fish actually come up to the surface more 
when there's more light at the surface. That's why they're up at the surface. And so he had to drop it far to get what they needed. They just dropped the net. And when they dropped the net, the water started moving. And, and, and they saw some activity. I know they went out there thinking that they would not get anything. It's already dark and, and, and is in deep water. And they're like, uh. They dropped the nets. And here's what the scripture says. All of a sudden, fish start jumping. It, they ain't even have to work hard. Because eh? notice what they told Jesus. We toiled all night. We worked all night and caught nothing. Here, they just dropped the net and chilled. Stuff start jumping. You ever had stuff arrive to you? That you didn't have to work for and just, or you didn't have to work hard for and just started happening. And here, and there it was. There they were in that moment. And all of a sudden, here it is. And this is the point I need you to get. If you get nothing else, if you get nothing else, it, it said that, watch this, the nets started to rip. They were trying to get the fish up on the boats. And the net started ripping. And watch this. The boat started sinking. Oh, gosh. Nets ripping. And boats sinking. And it's a good thing. Oh, you missed that. You know what? If you looked at it from the outside, not knowing the interaction between Jesus and the four men, you'd have thought this was bad. Nets ripping. And boats sinking. You would have came on the scene and thought that something was wrong. Oh, my God, you need to stop. Drop everything. Save yourself. But nets ripping and boats sinking can be an indicator of breakthrough. Gosh, hold on. Wait, wait. Here's what I learned. Here's what I learned, Sarita. That this, this, is what the, this is for those of us who've had this experience and we then are able to reflect on it and the wisdom is yielded. Because here's what you realize. That oftentimes you're breaking and your breakthrough are along the same line. You miss this. It's a fine line between your breaking and your breakthrough. Oh, you didn't miss that. The nets were ripping and the boats were sinking, but it was a breakthrough through oh god in comparison to what they experienced before the nets are full and they sit there trying to drag the nets up on the boat and the boat starts sinking from the way then simon and andrew start trying to share the fish and then now it's just one boat sinking now james and john boat start sinking they father losing his mind he's like what's going on that here it is that's why you gotta be careful because sometimes even the breakthroughs can be overwhelming oh god and so well no yeah you know what that is is you 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 ever been overwhelmed by open doors you ever had that happen when things start happening in your life that is so overpowering it is mind-blowing you ever been like god i don't know what's happening and why it's happening now but oh my god it is it is for me you ever gotten that where you were like god it's a lot you never said stop but even like god this is a lot and what's a lot all the wonderful things that begin to turn around in your life now don't think you bore no responsibility just when you went out into the deep place into the uncomfortable space things started to happen now let me stop i'm done but watch this there was a series a few years ago the bible series you remember the bible series and it was telling the story of all the bible stories and and they changed this scene up but i like their change 
I'm going to use their change because, I mean, the Bible is good. Trust me. But this thing they did with their imagination, Jamal, their creativity, the director, the writers, they took this scene. And here's what they did. They only had Jesus and Simon on the boat. That whole conversation took place with Jesus and Simon. And then and then Jesus went with them out into the deep with Simon. It was only Simon in this in the Bible series. They go out to deep water. Watch this. This is the part that blew my mind. Jesus then reaches over the side of the boat, puts his hand in the water and starts stirring the water. He's sitting there stirring. And the more he stirred, stirred, fish started jumping in the boat. He started stirring what seemed still. Oh, God, you'll get that later. He started disrupting some things that, and I know that had to be disruptive even to the little fish, but he's moving because I love that scene, Pastor Joel, because what I realized in my journey is that some of those moments of breakthrough came when God started stirring some stuff up and started doing some stuff in my life. And he's stirring and it started jumping and Simon is blown away. He then says what the text says, I'm not worthy because he thinks that somehow he's too messed up to benefit so much. God, he, he thinks he's not a great enough person to yield such benefit. Isn't that deep? He thought that he wasn't righteous enough to get this breakthrough, even though the breakthrough came in the midst of his feelings of unworthiness. That, that even though he felt some kind of way about himself, he could not stop what was happening to him. Oh, no, somebody got to hear that again. Even though he felt some kind of way about himself, he could not stop what was happening to him. He could not stop the move of God, even though he felt some way about himself. Okay, I'm going to say it again over here. Even though he did not think he was worthy, his feelings of unworthiness could not stop what God was about to do. That somehow those feelings of unworthiness meant nothing to God in that moment. The breakthrough was still going to come. Yeah, okay, let me come here. No matter how you feel about yourself, you cannot stop when God is about to do something in your life. That what God is about to do ain't predicated on how you feel about you. And I'm so glad. That some of the greatest moments in my life, I wasn't even emotionally present for those moments. Oh, God, you don't get that. I was not there, and yet it was happening because I was wallowing in my pity. But God was blowing things up around me in order for me to see what God was doing. And here it is. Go back to the Bible scene. He's stirring. Fish jump. And then here it is, Joyce. He looks at Simon. The boat is full of fish. And he says this, do you want to come with me and change the world? Illiterate fishermen were summoned to change the world. Impoverished men and women who were overlooked by the culture were called to change the world you think you came here this morning for you you think you in here lifting up holy hands for you you thought all that gift you got was for you you thought your talent was for you no that may be why some of us don't move in our gift because we think it's for us the gift ain't never for you. There are people you don't even know praying that you acknowledge what God is doing in your life one day. Because their lives are connected to your moving in the fullness of who God is calling you to be.
There are lives in the balance. And if you don't think anything can come from you, you will miss it. It doesn't matter how you feel about you. Can you still say, yes, God. I believe that we can change the world. And I don't mean that for play play. I mean the world. The world is waiting for you to stop walking asleep and recognize who you are. In Marion Williamson's word, you get no credit for playing small. There's no virtue in lessening yourself. No. Be in agreement with God about you. Start walking into spaces. And whether they call it arrogant or conceited, that is of no concern for you. I need you to walk into some spaces when you leave here today and make an announcement. I've arrived. That's when you got to go into some place and say, y'all ready now? Because I showed up. And I didn't come by myself. Because every space I walk in, God walks with me. And God talks with me. And so when I show up, I'm not coming by myself. Every step I take is in the power of God. And every move I make is in the power of God. God walks with me everywhere I go. And I wish some of us would start acting like we walk in divine presence every day. That we walk in the fullness of God's power in us every day. It's time to change the world. If dirty smelly fishermen can change the world. What can you do? If you just learn to say this, if you say so, if you say so, I knew that song was going to come back in handy. Because that song talks about what you can do if you trust God. Come on. I, look, if you got to go, I'll see you. But I, 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 need, I need us to get this today. Don't, don't. Don't say I trust God just for small things. Because sometimes the limits we place on God are connected to the limits we see for ourselves. God, I trust you for the big things. When was the last time in your prayer life you said, God, today's a good day to scare me? When was the last time you came out of prayer terrified from what you heard because God was calling you to something bigger than you? 
No, God terrified me with the call. Pushed me to the limit. Help me exhaust what you've given me so I can lean into you, oh God. God, I want to change the world. That's not out of the realm of your reach, beloved. You can do that. You actually can change the world. You have all the qualifications necessary. Qualification number one. You're breathing. Qualification number two. You're breathing. Qualification number three. You're breathing. Which means you are alive. And if you are alive, you are filled with infinite possibility. That you are the universe in ecstatic motion. That 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 you were busy the other night looking at the super moon and forgot to look in the mirror. No. If I can gaze in awe at that, I can gaze in awe at myself. For there is no qualitative difference between me and that moon I gazed at. Every atom that constructs the moon is in me. Every atom that is connected to the sun is in me. The reason why you feel so at home when the ocean is rustling is because that's you. What happens when everything you see becomes a reflection of God and thereby a reflection of who you are? No. In your hands is enough power to disrupt the things that are trying to kill people. In your Spirit is the source of all things. And all you got to do is trust. Trust God for it. The same way I trust God to help me bend over and tie my shoes. The same way I trust God to help me disrupt this world. It's no different. Stop limiting yourself and speaking out of fear and walking in scared spaces. No, do you know who you are? Do you see who you are? Before you wake up, the sun has already risen in celebration of you. At night, the moon arrives to bow down at your power because it sees your divine connection. You are a son, daughter, child of the most high God. Why are you so scared of your power? No, I'm powerful, unshakable, and adaptable. No matter where you put me, I'll blossom. No matter where you put me, I'll thrive. And if you try to confine me, walls will start falling down. That's the power you bear, beloved. Come on, stand on your feet today. I want to hear... Worship team, a little bit of this. Somebody play that. Trust me. Oh, God. It's Tamish. Just sing that, Tamish. I want y'all to hear. We're going to get out of here. Just listen. Just listen to this. Just listen to this. Oh, God.
Come on, you got to know that no matter where you go, no matter where you go. If what? Trust. You got to know that. Come on. Come on, Dante. Come on. Yes. I'll fight. Come on, you got to know that, beloved. Every battle, I'll fight your back. Yes. Trust me. Come on. Tell him, Dante. I'll never leave you. Tell him. Yes. World is waiting. I will, be. I will be. Trust me. Trust me. Listen. Listen. You can't trust God for part of your life. You trust God for all of your life. There's nothing too hard for God. Yes, baby. There's nothing too hard for God. Nothing. And sometimes we act as though there are things that are hard for God. Nothing. Nothing. There is nothing that you could ever experience that cannot be handled by God. But watch this. There is nothing that you can experience that cannot be handled by you. God has given you the power. God has given you the capability. So sometimes trusting God is not about sitting back and waiting for God to move. Trusting God is about moving forward and believing what God has already given you. And then you'll say, well, pastor, I can't do this and I can't do that. How do you know? Don't let fear create a reality that ain't real for you. 
speak those things that are not as though they are and trust God. I want to change this world. And I believe that we can do that. Because the world is waiting. Waiting for what? You are the one you've been waiting for. We are the ones we've been waiting for. And it's that season where we must now lean in fully. I want you to be so trusting and filled with the power of God that you, you blow your own mind. That you're amazed by who you are. Speak life over yourself and speak power and strength over yourself. You have the greatest force in the world within you and around you. Start moving like it. Move like you're powerful. Speak like you're powerful. Act like you're powerful. And watch things start to shift around you because you activated what was in you. I believe it, beloved. Come on, let's just pray before we leave. God, thank you. Thank you, God, for this season. Thank you, God, for this moment. Thank you, God, for this time. Thank you, God, for how you are showing up even right now. God, we will leave this place different. Not just excited, not just emotionally moved, but spiritually prepared to move into this new season, oh God, believing that we truly are the embodiment of infinite possibility. God, thank you for the reminder this morning that we can change the world. And it begins today. It begins today. Every place we enter, we walk with authority given from God to shift the atmosphere. Every space we enter, every space we enter, will have been anticipating our arrival because of who we are. And who we are will impact so many. Every gift we have, every ability we have is for those who are waiting because it is bigger than us. And it is in this season that we now connect some dots in our lives to feel the compulsion of God to live, to love, to serve. Thank you, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, 
support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward